Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Hey, folks, welcome back. Episode number 40 of Behind the Badge. This uh, week we're talking about uh, women in history and women in history in the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Just going to share some things that uh, we find very important. You know, this is a male-dominated environment, law enforcement, and uh, and uh, women just a few short, short decades were, were not even allowed to work as, as sheriff's deputies or police officers. Yet today in the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, we have 183 females that are sworn ladies uh, of the law and uh, do the job as men just as well and, and as counterparts and how that's changed so fast. We'd like to explore that a bit. And So with that, I brought the four great guests with us, some sworn, some non-sworn in the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Let's just get to know who's behind the badge, who supports us, and, uh, and uh, who's doing the work of, of of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. So I'm going to have these folks introduce themselves a bit, maybe a little about their pedigree, their uh, where they're from, what makes them tick, what uh, what they enjoy doing off-duty. And uh, Miss Twig, are you there? I am there. Thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm great. People are going to be like, why is he calling the lady Miss Twig? So why don't, you take a, why don't you take a second about you, you know, not being a sworn deputy, but supporting us inside the jail and all the wonderful work you yeah. do with us. Thank you very much. I started actually in 1982 um, as a GED teacher. And since they, my actually nickname is Twig. And so they t always uh, called me Miss Twig. So it started, awesome. we didn't have our last, we didn't know, they didn't know really our last names then. So that's how that started. And it's been since 1982, still Miss Twig. Wow. And I actually um, started in, in the Mez area of the jail, is what we called it a one-room schoolhouse, and did, had a typewriter, and we did, ended up with a little compu Apple computer. I have a picture of that, and um, male and female, and inmates, um, not probably 10 in a class, a small group, and um, just it was, it's been really, I've seen education just be promoted in this um, in the jail since then, and that's something I've really focused on and very happy to see so many people getting their high school equivalency degrees here and, and being educated and going out to the community and uh, really re good reentry. So it's, we've been very grateful for all the agencies coming in here and helping us with that. So you've been working inside the Monroe County Jail for 39 years? For 30, yes, I, yes, I, ha I have. Um, That's incredible. I, I, That's incredible. And I, I and love uh, coming to work every single day. And that's, that's an amazing part right there, and we'll talk more about the jail here in a minute, but uh, it's a tough environment, especially for a non-sworn uh, deputy, if you will, for a civilian to be coming in there. Uh, yeah, I, what I found is, is how much respect you have with the inmate population. <laughs> they, they don't think it's a joke, but they also know that you're there to help them, you care about them, and you want, you want them to leave better. That's pretty cool. Thank you, and I think um, my, my supervisor, who was Al Benedetto, whose cousin works for the department now, he said, he, the first day I came to work, he said, um, if you make a promise to to an inmate, I'm going to say to somebody, always fulfill that promise. And yeah, I yeah. have, you know, always follow through. I said I may not, I may be able to do it in one day. I may it take me a week to do it, but if I promise something, and I've carried that really advice my whole career. 
That's that's good advice because uh, again, in the jail, you you can make all the promises you want, but you're going to see the inmate again tomorrow. So you better that's you better right. have that promise that's fulfilled, right. or, or say you right. can't do it, but they don't forget. No, that's uh, right. And, and Deputy Lori, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Why don't you talk about a little bit about the, what you do with the sheriff's office, the court uh, security bureau, and, and what you do off duty? All right. Um, I started with the court bureau in the sheriff's office about almost 16 years ago, and I've worked in pretty much every area that they have for us. Um, right now, I'm assigned to family court, and that's always a pretty hopping area, so it keeps us busy. Um, off duty, I really enjoy spending time with family and friends. I like hiking, and I'm looking forward to better weather coming up here soon, so we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I'm involved with my church, so I like to spend as much time with those folks as I can. That's good. And, I, and you formerly wore a purple tie at one time, Yes, right? I did. Yeah. It's almost a lifetime ago. <laughs> Why don't you explain the New York State Trooper? All right. Uh, I, uh, I was sworn in back in September of 1993. I mm -hmm. worked for them for just over a year. And the reason I left is uh, my husband's job, or future husband's job, required that he move back to Boston. And he, at that time, he made significantly more money than I did. And we wanted to have a family, and the schedule wasn't very conducive to raising children. So, right. so it just seemed to make sense at the time. So I resigned and we moved to Boston. And well, their loss, our gain. Oh, thank Everyone's you very much. Up. Thank you very Absolutely. much. And uh, we'll, we'll turn it over next to uh, Andrea. If you just take a few seconds, uh, introduce yourself and the Civil Bureau. And, uh, and then, of course, we need to talk about a thing called magnet fishing. If you want to try and explain that to the community, we'd appreciate that. Sure. I'll, I'll fill in the blank if you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. Um, so I, uh, I started here about two and a half years ago. I'm in the Civil Bureau, and uh, what we do is we serve all sorts of court documents, um, subpoenas, divorce paperwork, summons um, for family court. We also um, take care of evictions and have uh, property sales. So if, um, if you owe someone money then and you have, uh, say, a car that you own outright, um, the the judges and the lawyers can say well you know we'll take your car in, in lieu of um, cash payments so that's what we do I uh, I grew up in Parenton New York um, I went to Alfred University for six and a half years I got my uh, bachelor's in athletic training and my master's in business and it just it wasn't really working out for me I I, I wasn't enjoying it very much so I decided to kind of take a 180 and get into law enforcement and I, I could not be happier with that decision. Um, and outside of law enforcement I enjoy you know spending time with family and uh, as you said Sheriff, uh, magnet fishing. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yes. So so for those of you who don't know magnet fishing you you put a really large magnet you throw it in the water and you try to get as much metal as you possibly can. Um, I haven't really found anything too exciting yet but I've watched a lot of videos where people will pull up like guns and, and knives and stuff. Right. One, one guy pulled up, um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but a katana, katana. It was like a Japanese, katana, yeah, yeah. Japanese sword. sword. Yeah, yeah, really cool stuff. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so hopefully the uh, weather getting nicer again, I can get back out there, get to a, a few more spots and maybe find some I, got, I got to ask you, so I see people walking along the beach, right, with the metal detectors and you mm -hmm. know, pulling up a coin or a, a beer cap usually. 
uh, what what led you to magnet fishing? Where did you even see that? I never heard of it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I actually thought you were going to ask me that. So I was watching videos online of um, there's people that go uh, scuba diving and they, they use the metal detectors underwater or they, they just, you know, use their eyes and they kind of grab whatever they can. So I was watching those videos and then it led me to, you know how it has like the suggested video? It, it, yep. it showed me the magnet fishing. So I was like, ooh, what's this? I clicked on it and immediately I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I, the more I watched it, the more I realized this is something so easy, I could do it. You know, there, so I started researching where to actually buy the the magnet itself. The equipment, yeah. Yep, and then um, really, I mean, any any water, any body of water, you can you can do it in. I pulled the chair out of the Genesee River. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to learn more about it. That's that's very interesting. My son is is very deep into fishing. No pun intended. He he's in, he studies everything, and I don't think we've ever talked about magnet fishing. So it's gonna be interesting the the equipment you use and all that. And, so thanks for sharing that, uh, Andrew. We appreciate you and the uh, Civil Bureau, and and uh, we've had your chief on talking about what the heck the Civil Bureau really does because people are sometimes uh, not in tune with that part of law enforcement. And then uh, our last guest, last but not least, Investigator Ramona Sutherland. How are you doing, Ramona? I'm good. How are you, sir? Good. We've been together for a few years. I think uh, almost fourteen. Yeah, fourteen years. That's yes. awesome. It's been fun watching your career grow, and now an investigator with the Road Patrol. So why don't you take a little time to uh, introduce yourself and what you do with the, with the Sheriff's Office. Sure, great. Um, so my name is Ramona Sutherland. Um, I've been with the Road Patrol since 2007. Um, went through the academy, and the under-sheriff was one of the class counselors, and the sheriff was in charge of our PT program. So known them both for quite a few years now. Uh, started out, yeah. I uh, started out uh, out in B-Zone doing patrol. I pretty much spent my entire um, patrol career out in B-Zone. Uh, took a little break to do some uh, recruitment. I was assigned to the recruitment unit for about three years. Uh, actually had young Kevin Baxter working for yeah, us yeah, at great. that time. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, once I finished up with our recruitment unit, I went back out to B-Zone for a few years until I was promoted to investigator almost three years ago and uh, did investigations out at B-Zone for about a year and a half, and then I was assigned to start doing investigations at um, Bavona Child Advocacy Center, and I've been there for about a year and a half. Yeah, and let's just talk real quick about Bavona and what they do for our community and, and why in law enforcement's with uh, such a great organization. Can you just share a little bit about that? Sure, so um, I'm assigned out uh, to work at Bavona Child Advocacy Center and I'm part of a multidisciplinary team there that includes uh, forensic interviewers, law enforcement, child protective. Um, they also have some counseling services at Bavona. So uh, basically the, the goal of the team is to keep kids safe. So if there's suspected child abuse, physical or sexual abuse, um, we're a one-stop shop for kids to come and get services um, to assist in our investigation for whatever the case may be. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's very difficult work. We talked about the sex crimes in the podcast probably about three or four weeks ago, and, and, and we mentioned Bavona and Bavona and, and the wonderful work they do, you know, where a kid's been traumatized, and, and it used to be the days where we traumatized a kid multiple times with different interviewers and, and different uh, people that had different tasks to do. Uh, whether they're counselors or law enforcement. Now it's a one-stop shop and really designed around the, the safety and security of that kid, not just today, but years from now. 
and uh, it's pretty amazing work you guys do. It's tough work. It's really tough work. It is. It's uh, it's an amazing job, though. Yeah, and, and, and that'll draw on you. You know, you do enough of those investigations, uh, there's that vicarious trauma that'll build inside you. So, you know, as you do that, take care of yourself. I couldn't imagine some of those interviews you have to do. We appreciate the work you do also. I appreciate you being an investigator. And think about this. Uh, how many uh, how many ladies, it's not a trivia question, but how many female investigators do we have? I'm, I'm doing it off the top of my head, and I think I'm thinking two. two. Right? Yes, uh, myself and the, Leah LaRock. Yeah, an organization of, of uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of role patrol deputies, and, and still to this day, we only have two uh, ladies that are investigators. And, and I bragged earlier, we have 183 females, sworn deputies, uh, across all the bureaus. But the, you still see how much more work we have to do, and not only recruiting, but also promoting and developing uh, the ladies. I, I think that's uh, uh, always should be a goal, but I, I'm going to go back to Miss Twig, and, and I know you're not a sworn deputy, uh, Miss Twig, but I think when you started in 1982, almost 40 years ago, uh, and just inside that jail, uh, the, the female deputies that you're now seeing, and I think are 71 deputies inside the jail that are female. You know, I, I can't imagine how they look so much different today, you know, just the female population of, of sworn deputies. Uh, inside the jail can you share a little bit yeah. about that what, what's well, there, the difference how's that changed there's certainly there are, obviously there are more um we have more inmates we have uh, you know more deputies doing different functions um and it's uh it's ch that's changed i always work you know always everybody is extremely helpful deputies female deputies will always um call and say this person needs you know sign them up for school and the males do too the male deputies do too but right. so it's always been a good working relationship with everybody i think um, education is you know important to everybody in the jail and they realize that so it's always been but there's just more there are certainly more i think more deputies and absolutely in different in more positions too i've seen that yeah and, and and starting to rise through the ranks, uh, yes. and particularly in the jail, I can think of a great lieutenant now there. And, and you know, there used to be there was a former right. captain. You know, someday we'll see, we'll see that. It takes time, but I think we have to build the bench and, and recruit more ladies into the organization, uh, and then develop and build the bench that way. And uh, we're we're nonstop on that. I hope you guys, uh, being ladies that are working for us, know that that's part of our priority, and, and it's part of that diversification. Just you know, what people bring with different mindsets and thoughts and, and different motivations and. Uh, just makes a more well-rounded team uh, you know 1964 we only had two <laughs> i still go back to that can you imagine until this day so i'm just i'll go back to uh maybe andrea or, or mona or, or anybody else can answer this question i mean as you look at the i think of ladies and and you know we're celebrating uh, the history month here of this i think of ladies that were profound in my life right i think of my mother we grew up in a very difficult environment uh you know she was steadfast she worked every day she worked multiple times uh in different jobs and and she was always there to take me to a baseball game and, and practice you know you know a lady was probably one of the most influential people as i grew up in my life and i consider myself this macho dude that went off to the army and all this right but you know it, it was it was she was profound and my wife i don't find anybody stronger than her uh, but I'm wondering if you guys could just share who, who, who is your inspiration, you know, uh, what lady inspired you in particular to join law enforcement, to, to put on a badge and a uniform in a male-dominant environment? I just throw it out to anyone of you guys can go first or I'll call upon you. So uh, I'm just, you know, who, who inspired you who, who in the world of uh, this world is your, is your uh, inspiration? So I would have to um, piggyback on um, my mother, uh, you saying that your mom was your inspiration. Um, it was definitely my mother and, you know, I watched her be a stay at home mom until, I don't know, I was like 11 or 12 and I was the baby of the family. And then she had to work really hard 
to establish herself in the right. workforce because she'd been a stay-at-home mom for so many years. So, and she always told us, um, I'm one of three girls that, you know, we could be anything that we wanted to be and taught us to be strong and independent. And then uh, when I'm like, I want to be a police officer, she's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> so she's always been so supportive and an inspiration, definitely a role model. So I would have to say my mom. Oh, that's good. That's always a good choice, by the way. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. So, you know, again, to, to piggyback off of that, um, I heard very similar things growing up, you know, oh, be whatever you want and, you know, we'll support you. And then I... Um, when I was younger, I, I kind of started to say like, oh, maybe I want to be a police officer or go into the military. And, and uh, I remember my, my mom's mom being very adamantly opposed to that. She was like, you are not doing this. That is not safe. Like, I do not want you to get hurt. I actually did take that to heart for a little bit. And that was kind of why I didn't choose law enforcement right away. And then as I got older and I, like I said earlier, I realized that, you know, being in athletic training really wasn't wasn't my passion. I um, I picked back up the law enforcement and I said, you know what? I, I get that people don't want us to get hurt, but I want to do this because I want to help keep people safe and I want to make you know the the women in my life proud and and show them that we are strong. Women are strong and we we can do this job as well. That's awesome, Ramona. I, I think of uh, as an investigator the work you're doing at Pavona, you know and preach upon diversity all the time and it's not i need 27 percent of this and 13 percent of that it's it, any good team has diversity you think about a football team right right um so i don't ask this question for any other reason but you know how does that play out in, in law enforcement well the, the sexual crimes the sex crimes the, the most horrendous crimes that we have in our community you know todd baxter can never walk into that room with a with a young girl in particular um and, and conduct that interview. It just wouldn't go as well, right? It would never, you know, but having you walk in with, with that uh, that sense of, you know, in our, in our environment, you know, ladies are considered, I, I guess, not to stereotype too much, but, you know, have more compassion or are able to demonstrate more compassion to males sometimes, right? Or, right. or show that empathy. And, you know, so it's just right there. I hope people realize that the diversification of our organization is more than just a number. It's, it's people that can do certain jobs that other people can't. I'm not, I'm not shy about saying that. I suck at investigations and, and wouldn't be able to do your job. But, you know, you are very successful at it. And I think part of that, if I could be bold enough, would I, I'm sure being a female would play benefits to you, correct? Uh, would you, or is that an over-assumption? Uh, but that's how I see it, sitting at the top of the pedestal, right? That, uh, man, I'm glad I got people that are, are very diverse and can do different functions inside this organization. I think everybody, you know, here that we work with are good at talking to everybody, but certain people are better at talking to different uh, types right. of people. Um, right. So, you know, being a female, um, and especially that I'm not working in a uniform on a day-to-day -day basis, um, it's more of a, a plain clothes tends to relax kids or teenagers um, who are right. been victims of crime. And that maternal, probably, that maternal appearance of sure. a female to talk with kids. Um, it doesn't always work out in my favor, though, sometimes depending on the, the child or the teenager's background. Like if they had um, a bad experience with a, a parent or an adult who was a female, right, it's right. not going to play in my favor. It's going to make it a little bit harder to build the rapport with the child in order to get them to talk. Yeah, and, and much again, building a team, I'd much rather the options than not having the options. And you play the options best. You know, you play the cards you're dealt at that moment. And 
mean, uh, that's what diversification really means to me and getting different mindsets, mind thoughts and, and things like that. So, yes. so where do you guys see uh, the future? You know, we, we now have a vice president, female uh, of color, right? I mean, we're, we're just pushing these boundaries in your world. You know, Todd Baxter hopefully is going to be here for a while, but not, not forever. I mean, you ever see, uh, could you ever see someone running for sheriff and being a female uh, sheriff inside the Monroe County Sheriff's Office? I mean, are these things that you think are still the barriers that will never be overcome? Or I'm just curious, and are these are these things we're, we're moving towards? And if not, you know, what else is left to do in law enforcement in particular uh, to make it a more even playing field for ladies as they come into this career? Hmm. So uh, personally, I think that that could be attainable at some point. I mean, we have had a surge of female deputies being hired in the last five to 10 years. And I think that just creates better odds that somebody yeah. at some point will run for elected office that's a female here in Monroe County. I think it's attainable. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that as well. Um, I remember when, when I was going through the process and I, um, I told my grandfather that I was going to try to become a Monroe County Sheriff's deputy. Um, he he said, you know, he looked at me and he said, you know, you're going to be the first female sheriff of Monroe <laughs> County. That's I awesome. can just feel it. And I was like, I hope so, Grandpa. So I, oh, I agree. Awesome. I think it's attainable. Um, I think it's something that, you know, as long as you have the right person, it, it's definitely possible. When you brought that up, I was thinking of some of the females that have achieved higher ranks that I've heard of. Um, before I started working for the Sheriff's Department, there was a um, Lieutenant Sharon Rivaldo who worked for the Court Bureau. And she was very well liked and um, everybody spoke very, very highly of her. And she was missed when she left. But um, there was also Maureen Chisholm who worked for Fairport. Oh yeah, yep. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of women who have already broken some of those barriers. And I think it's just going to continue. It might take some time, but it'll continue. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think the barriers should be broken someday, and, and, and we should create an environment, you know, uh, that the playing field is at least there for everybody that's, that it expires to go to different positions in law enforcement. Uh, but, yeah, Maureen Chisholm, great. You know, I can't believe I forgot her name. Uh, former uh, high-ranking official inside the sheriff's office and then uh, going to be the police chief in the town of Fairport. So... Uh, you know, there's been some uh, people trailblazing well before we got here, and, and hopefully you ladies and others will keep on pushing that envelope forward. Um, it's an amazing thing. Andrea, I forgot to ask you. You went to Alfred? Yes, sir, I did. Did you know Dr. Torrance Jones? He works inside the jail for us. Uh, the he, played name... he played football there. Oh, okay. The name does not ring a bell, unfortunately. Uh, just... You were doing your introduction. I'm like, uh, we, he was just on three weeks ago. I was doing an interview and we talked about the, he won a couple of championships down in Alford. Oh, uh, that's playing cool. Football. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Cool. Great, great guy. Miss Twig. Yes. You want to hear, you want to listen to some good music? <laughs> sure. I have to sure. tell, I have to tell a story though, that I read a book. My sister-in-law sent me a book called Girl Waits with Gun. And it's by Amy Stewart. And it's a story about, I'm going to make it very, a shortened version here, of Constant Cop. It's a true, but probably pronounced Cope, K-O-P-P. -P. She was born in Brooklyn, New York. Did family move to Hackensack, New Jersey. And she helped, um, she had, her buggy with her sisters was hit by a car drive, a driver with a car. This was 1914. Um, she won a, 
award of $30 to fix the buggy for damages. Um, the gentleman that hit the car would not pay. She, and he started threatening letters, um, shooting their farm. And she actually worked with the sheriff in Heath in Hackensack, New Jersey, solved the crime and became our fir the first undersheriff in the United States, female undersheriff in the United States. How about that? So I just wanted to share, share that. But I'm a, I read a lot. That's my hobby. <laughs> You are always a teacher. teacher. You know that? You're but always teaching. I just want to share podcast. that with. That's awesome. That. Didn't know that. Fantastic. That's a good book. If I'll share it with everybody. I want to, uh, I'm just going to play a little Carrie Underwood because I like sure. Carrie, but the ludicrous might jump in here. Actually, starts it out in this little volley and uh, it's called The Champion. And when I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking of what songs really come to mind to, uh, to try and illustrate what, what you ladies and the ladies before you have done in, in the area of law enforcement and the champion just came out. So if, uh, I don't know how this is going to work. Sergeant Baton, you're behind the mix. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. All right, let's try this. Let's see what Ludacris and Carrie sound like. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I just thought about you ladies as uh, as you go through your career now in this environment. Uh, you guys are the champions, and, and as I listen to Ludacris, you know, go through the letters and then uh, and carry kick in. Uh, don't ever stop. Don't ever stop pushing the envelope. Don't ever stop being part of the team and, and recruiting other people behind you. Um, we are celebrating, you know, Women's History Month here in, in the world, uh, let alone all the way down the Monroe County and Monroe County Sheriff's Office. So I just wanted to play that song because I appreciate you guys and what you do for the Sheriff's Office, and uh, and we should continue to champion that and, and recognize it. So, uh, Matt, how'd that come out for sound? I'm really curious. Uh, it was all right. We'll, uh, we'll have to play around with it a little <laughs> bit, but I think it was good. That's good. That's good. So as we wrap up, ladies, here's, here's the uh, No Miranda Zone. We asked questions of, of our guests, and uh, you're familiar probably with the Miranda warnings. You have a right to remain silent. Well, in the No Miranda Zone, and I'm the sheriff, you have no right to remain silent. So uh, I'll ask the first question, and, and uh, we'll just fire off some quick answers, whatever comes to your mind first. There's no right or wrong answer, but uh, I'm really curious, of because I just played a song by Ludacris and, and, uh, and Carrie Underwood, uh, and I'll go right to, uh, how about we start with Andrea? Andrea, what song do you know all the words to? If you had to sing it, what song would you say you know all the words to? Oh boy, that's a, that's a really, really tough question. Um, I think I could probably do Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh really? Word for word, <laughs> yep. Oh, um, that's great. That's good. I, and I won't make you do it right now, but I'll definitely let you hear that. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure everybody else does, too. <laughs> Ramona? Oh, my gosh. I don't know which song. Star Spangled Banner to fall back on. You know, you can this do is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a given. Any country song, really. 
Any country song? Yeah. Oh, you can sing any country song? Is that what you, that sounds like a challenge? Well, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the songs that I think I know the words to, but then I find out actually I've been singing the wrong word to singing it all it, along. Yeah. Isn't that funny when you find that out? I oh, never yeah. knew that's what they said. No, I thought <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not the only one. <laughs> Lori, what about you? Well, I can't promise I'd know the words to or every word to a song. But uh, some of the choruses I could do on some some, of the some songs like uh, "How Great Thou Art" um, and some country songs too. Like yeah, like I see a lot Mona. of country in yeah. that yeah. The genre here. Yeah, definitely yeah. country. Miss Twig, how about you? You got to have a song you know every word to. <laughs> well, the Star Spangled the lady. Star Spangled Banner was going to be my answer, <laughs> but to be honest, um, so I'm hearing that, and I think it's important to to know the words to that a lot of four tops i go back to my 60s and that and some, right. some songs on that and some country songs too like willie nelson and do that but i'd have to sing along with them i think i can see you doing willie i can definitely see you <laughs> i doing love all, all that. that i love all the, <laughs> love the country awesome. that's great all right second question now uh, we'll start with miss twig and we'll, we'll work in uh, a reverse order here uh, what do you want to be when you grew up? What, what was your goal? You, what do you dream of being? I always really wanted to be a teacher. Um, did I, you really? I, I really did. I um, it was in an era. I was in. I'm going to say I graduated from college in '68, and there were the opportunities were a teacher, a nurse. So not you know we didn't have. We were just at that cusp of where the you know you could do anything. And right. um, but I always so, social work, which be sort of I majored in sociology, but I really. Taught, we did not have an education major at my school. Um, we able to start some classes. I actually taught one of the classes and to promote education. And so I always have been. That's my. That was always what I enjoyed doing. So gotcha. Unfortunately, that's, that's to, awesome. To, well, it worked out for all of us. Lori, what's your favorite candy bar? A hundred grand. Oh my God! That's flashback right there. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's way back. <laughs> I didn't even hesitate. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you you did not flinch. That's amazing. Uh, so we'll go to Ramona. You like sports? I do. But... Your favorite all-time athlete? Oh my gosh, Jim Kelly. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think we'll finish up with Andrea. Andrea, what's your favorite sitcom? What's your favorite TV program? What do you what do you binge watch? Oh boy, I watch. Uh, I probably watch too many to to count there. But um, well, I named my dog after Dexter, the uh, the, the right. good guy serial killer. <laughs> so that's that's a favorite. Um, Did that show up on your background check? Uh, no. I, I, <laughs> if you asked me what my dog's name was, I would have told you. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I I like. Um, I'm watching The Good Doctor right now. That's a that's a pretty good one. Oh, um, I'm not familiar with that one. The it he the the individual is a surgical resident and he has autism. Mm. So he, he you know it, it's his story of the the challenges that he goes through, but also you know just the absolutely incredible mind that he has. So it's it, it's really good. Oh, that's phenomenal. Well, folks, with that, we're going to wrap up uh, episode number forty, uh, Women's History Month, here at the uh, podcast behind the badge. Miss Twig, we so appreciate you. I think you know that already, but we'll keep on saying it. Uh, Ramona, Andrea, thank you very much. Lori, thank you very much. We just appreciate all you guys coming on, sharing a little bit, having some good conversations, maybe some difficult conversations, pushing the envelope, and uh, letting people know who's behind the badge at the Sheriff's Office, who makes us tick. And uh, thanks again for joining us, ladies. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, Lori.
Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.